Welcome to the Square Apple Show. Hi, I'm Dr. Yong Shin Ning. I'm the co-founder of Change Voyage Consulting. After 20 years of corporate life, I successfully transited to be an entrepreneur. Wearing multiple hats as an entrepreneur, adjunct lecturer, mother, wife, daughter, sister, has taught me how to navigate life's challenges. And my secret is the Square Apple. In this show, I will discuss tips and strategies to change the way you think about your personal and professional life. Because if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. Ready to activate the square apple in you? Let's begin! Hi, I'm Shining. Welcome to the Square Apple Show. When you see today's title, you may think that I'm going to talk about a cooking-related topic. Don't worry, I'm not going to try pretending I'm an expert in something I'm not. Today's topic is about the mindset shift that can help us get around resource constraints that we may face in work or in our personal lives. So this podcast is for you if you're a project manager who often run into resource constraints startup entrepreneurs who frequently have less resources than they desire, or generally anybody who is interested to know how to respond in the face of perceived constraints. Note that I have used the term perceived constraints, not actual constraints. Let me first share my inspiration behind this topic. It comes from a client turned mentor that I've been working with for many years. The single most important lesson that I learned from her is a Cantonese idiom, Tai Song Sik Fan. Loosely translated, it means to adjust your side dish intake according to how much rice you have. It also means to act within your constraints. The client, the chief information officer in her organisation, is always at the forefront of technology innovation and she likes to embark on exploratory projects to test out the viability of the technology. When she tells us consultants that she wants to implement such and such a project, our most immediate, almost like a primitive reflex action, is to start estimating for a, bot- a project bottoms up, which o- almost always exceeds her budget, which is mostly small since it's exploratory in nature. So typically, after she hears us out, she would whip out her calculator and say in Cantonese, uh, For this project, I only have budget, so we have to work within this budget. As she proceeded to brainstorm with us how to carve out something viable without going to the whole nine yards. When I first had to interpret Tai Sung Sik Fan, my intuitive response is, Oh my goodness, she's trying to squeeze us. She's asking us to deliver something at a quarter of the original budget. Okay, I'm making up the budget for discussion's sake. So with this as the mental model, I went through a lot of pain trying to solution for something that's like a car running on two wheels since I thought she wanted a significantly part-down version of this full-scale solution. This caused a lot of pain for both her and us as the consultants Maybe a lot is still an understatement of the angst we went through. However, I gradually realised that no one is holding us to deliver a product that looks like the full solution. No one. It's just that because our brains have been wired to anchor on the last known solution. 
So I gradually, I took her Taishong Sik Fan as a license for us to wipe the slate clean and ask ourselves, if we had X dollars, what is the best thing that we can build for the client that helps them achieve their immediate and long-term objectives? It's not easy for me to achieve that mindset shift. So let me now share with you two barriers preventing me from achieving that shift and the techniques to overcome it. The first barrier relates to a cognitive bias called anchoring effect. What's that? When we want to scope down an original solution, there is an anchoring effect, meaning that the cheaper solution is based on the shape and form of the original solution. So very often we interpret that cheaper means more inferior. For example, if we had originally estimated it would cost, say, 10000 to deliver a fully functional car, and if I slash the budget to 5000 I'm probably thinking about the same car without a proper paint job or only has two wheels. But who says that 5000 must take reference from the 10000 item? For example, recently I'm trying to set up a diagnostic tool on the digital platform. The available options on the market are expensive, but I felt like I really needed the functionalities. However, I had no business justification to use these options because I did not yet have a steady revenue stream to fund the expenses, nor did I have a clear plan of how to get these revenue stream. So I asked myself, what would the solution look like if these expensive options did not exist? So mentally, I've eliminated the anchor, which reduces the barrier to change my mind. I ended up getting a trusted intern to create a fully functioning version on Google Suite. It doesn't have the level of automation that the expensive version has, but it works well in the beginning when we are not entirely clear about the requirements and how our clients will take to it. So, in summary, remove the anchor by pretending that the more expensive solution does not exist. The second barrier relates to the familiarity and I want to share another story that a student wrote about in his reflections of the project that he has gone through in my class. The student is from a class that I teach that helps companies, in particular SMEs, to solve business problems with the business model canvas and principles of design thinking. The course requires them to undertake some form of primary research in the beginning to understand where are the sources of opportunities and really get some ground sensing from the prospects. The student and his group members want to adopt the traditional way of undertaking market research, which was to define hypotheses, develop questionnaire, source for focus group participants, etc., etc., etc. All done in a pretty waterfall manner, which requires some amount of time to complete. However, they very soon realized that they had no luxury of time to undertake research in the way they had conceived because time was running out. They then decided to adopt the more unorthodox approach of just approaching relatives during Chinese New Year gatherings to conduct short interviews with them to understand their sentiments on a product that we were helping the clients to conceptualize. Initially, the group was uneasy with their choice of the research method because they have been taught that primary research needs a lot of careful planning, careful selection of audience and have as many people as possible, even at the exploratory stage. He was pleasantly surprised when they were able to obtain significant insights from the in-depth discussion done over the Chinese New Year visitations. 
From the experience, he concluded that the lack of resource isn't the problem. The real problem is their inertia to change due to the fear of the unknown. They were tempted to stick to the known way of conducting the primary research, despite they were very labour-intensive and they were short of time. So how can we reduce the barrier for ourselves to try out something unfamiliar? This is a tough one to crack. So one technique to overcome the familiarity effect is by critically questioning the assumption behind the familiar or preferred option. In the case of my student, his implicit assumption is that having a full-on research will yield much more useful data than just talking to the people that you know. Well, this may or may not be true depending on the stage of the research. In this case, the concept and product is entirely new and there are a lot of unknowns. So conducting exploratory conversation with friends and relatives which fit the profile of the prospects is a good way to start collecting data points to help us develop a big picture of ground sentiments. In many situations, existing frameworks and methodologies help us work faster because the thinking work has already been done by others. However, they can also be intellectual blinkers that prevent us from exploring alternatives that may suit the situation better. So we need to understand the why so that the relevant how can be used. This will help to reduce the barrier to change mindset. In summary, resource constraints arise because we may be using a more resource-intensive method that we are familiar with. To overcome it, move your focus to the end outcome that you are trying to achieve instead of how it's being achieved. If the outcome has changed, then the method should change as well. So today we, we have talked about how we can change the way we come up with solutions to get around resource constraints. The first is to critically question the method that we are using that's causing the resource constraints in the first place. And the second is to pretend that the full-on solution doesn't exist. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode and have taken away something to reflect on. If you have any questions or thoughts on this episode, please connect with me on LinkedIn at bit.ly slash squareapple. That's bit.ly forward slash s-q-u-a-r-e-a-p-p-l-e. Thank you and see you soon. Thank you for joining me today. I'm very honoured to have you here. If you would like to keep going and want to know more about the number one Southeast Asia's leading female entrepreneurship network, head over to Soul Rich Woman at S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N.com and download the free ebook on how to get clients and multiply your income through personal branding. Remember, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. Do subscribe to The Square Apple Show and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye for now.